What is up, everybody? Welcome back to BrickBucks Live. And it's my favorite time of the week. I just love doing these because I finally get to chat to people um, here on the channel in the community. And right now I've got Tony here from Build-A-Brick in New Zealand. Tony, thank you for being here. Um, I'm really excited for you know to, to get to know more about your business. It sounds like you're doing some great things. And um, for the audience, for anyone who doesn't know what you do, do you want to just kind of start us off with a quick um, rundown or a little bit of background on your business and we can go from there? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we have a trade me store. That's our biggest part of our store. Um, trade me is much like eBay. It's an auction site. Um, so we have we have that. We have maybe 250, uh, 300 listings at any given time. Um, we have also got our BrickLink store. Um, so we've got currently about, um, I think it's about near on 80,000 parts. Uh, we've got a bit of a backlog since I've been uh, doing some other work outside of working uh, for the business. Um, so I've got a little bit of a backlog to catch up on. Uh, but we're looking at trying to gun down 100,000 parts before the end of the year. Um, and we also do a monthly box. Uh, that's like, a, it's sort of like a subscription box, but we don't, um, we don't have subscriptions. We decide that um, each month has a different theme and some themes ain't going to go for other people. So you sort of just, I'll send out an email once a month to everyone and um, and then they'll go, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that sounds like me or nah, that's that's no good. You know, I'll wait till next month. And um, yeah, so yeah, that's pretty much an overview of, of what we do. What's that? Um, Man, I'm, yeah, so I'm so excited to learn more about this monthly box. You mentioned it to me in the email. <laughs> and for everyone who's watching, um, this is our first time actually catching up here. So I'm going to have a lot of basic questions for you, Tony. Um, so you have a backlog of stuff. You mentioned that that's because you, you've had other work. So I take it you are not yet full-time on Lego. You have a, it's, it's a part-time um, business for you right now? Uh, so it was full-time and it's been full-time for maybe about two years. Yeah, about two years. Um, we decided, um, looking at the financials of, of the business, um, in New Zealand currently, the housing market is a bit out of control. So um, in order, I, I haven't bought my first home yet. Um, so in order to get on the property ladder, we thought we'd do something a bit crazy and I'd go back to work um, and we'd also run the business in the background and gain two incomes essentially. Um, so I made that decision um, probably in August. I got a job relatively quickly, just moving furniture and stuff. It's a full-time Monday to Friday type job. Um, but I've resigned recently to go back to doing the Lego because it's just picked up. Um, for some reason, um, all of a sudden, we've just gone, like the last month has just been crazy. Um, so I've decided to go back to, to doing Lego full-time um, and and focus on that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's, it's currently, it's, it's sort of part-time, three-quarters time, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> sort of working around the workflow, but yeah, yeah. Right. And so any idea what caused it to suddenly pick up was that like because you were working you know like with that job for a couple of months during that time you probably weren't able to grow the business as much as you would have liked right yeah, Is that yeah that's that's um that's how i thought it would go i thought oh well, you know the lego sort of take a, a backward step and it would sort of i just add parts as i could um and it would it would not be as as smooth running as it normally is um i get up at usually at six o'clock in the morning and I pick all the orders for Pip, my partner, um, and she she does all the shipping and stuff like that. Um, so she'll do that. Um, 
And then at the end of the day, she'll have lined me up some work to put into the shop because she also uh, makes all our trade me pictures and stuff like that. She does the um, making of the stock on trade me. So she'll have these uh, the stock ready to put for me to upload at the end of the day and I deal with all the uploads. Um, I think the main reason as to why it's picked up so much is it's a case of we've had more stock to sell, so we're selling more stock. Um, when I've worked, I've been able to earn more money and it's consistent money rather than with the Lego, it's sort of like it can be up and down sometimes. So having more money at my disposal, I've been able to just ramp up things. We've just been buying like crazy and essentially it's we're having the flow on effect from that. So you're reinvesting everything that you like from those hours that you worked back into the Lego business. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. Okay. So now you're, you're back full time and you're like, you're able to take that extra income, pump that back into inventory and allocate all of your time to, I, I imagine a, a ton of part outs right now, right? Is your, are your days? Yeah. Full of, yeah. yeah. I think I've got about two weeks left of, um, of working, uh, for someone else. Um, so I'm just working around, um, you know, around the Monday to Friday job. And then, uh, after work, I'll come home and I'll do my part outs and stuff, but we've got a bit of a backlog. So yeah, I'll be, I'll be hitting that quite hard. I've, I think, uh, last week we bought about 70 odd, uh, of the video sets that were on clearance. So, um, I'm slowly, yeah, yeah. We, we sold out our warehouse, which was quite fun. <laughs> That's quite um, a yeah. bit higher than of, in terms of quantity of a single unit that I've heard a lot of Bricklink sellers will pick up. Yeah, I think the most we had before then was about 40-odd of the, the Halloween brickhead. Um, same again, it went clearance on um, at our local warehouse, and we just bought the whole lot. Um, but, yeah, other than that, we, we haven't usually got that high in the numbers, but it was it was a pretty good deal, and I thought, oh, well, we'll I'll just get the whole lot <laughs> and see how that goes. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> must have been a good deal. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's take it back um, just, a, just a minute and kind of go back to the start a little bit. I, um, I, you know, that was a great overview of kind of where things currently are. Um, how did you get started with Lego? Like, do you have a background? Did you grow up with Lego? How did you get started in, or how did you first discover the business of selling Lego? Uh, yeah, so I, firstly, I had a, a prior business. Uh, it was called TK Toys and Games. I imported uh, kids' toys, soft toys, board games, and stuff like that from overseas. And I had a little trade me store, and it was something I did as a, as a bit of a hobby. Um, that sort of, fell on its face i think i was a bit uneducated um i didn't really know what i was doing and i didn't put enough time into it i was quite lazy on it um so that that didn't work out as as well as hoped but i've always been someone to uh look for other means of making an income outside of a job um sort of like an entrepreneur um so yeah uh i stumbled upon lego i one of the one of the things i actually sold in the tk toys and games was um was Lego sets. I imported them from Amazon. Uh, I don't think we really get too much ability to import from Amazon in New Zealand at the moment. Um, but I used to import them from Amazon and then sell them. And I thought, oh yeah, you know, this is cool. And I've got a couple of kids that liked the sets. So they've been my test dummies, you know, would open it up and just double check that everything was all good in the sets. And um, yeah, I sold those. And once TK Toys and Games sort of um, stopped, because um, I made the decision to stop that, I was just working full time and then I um, I think how it went was I, I broke my hip. Um, that was in 2017, quite young to break my hip, but I broke my hip and um, and I was laying in hospital and I sort of 
uh, it come to me um, a different way of selling Lego. Like what are the other sorts of ways to sell Lego? And I started developing the idea and, and looking into all the different avenues on, on how to sell it. And that's, that's primarily where things started. And with it, with having a broken hip, I was on ACC for about three months. So I was able to do something to fill my time because I, I don't really like sitting down and doing nothing. So yeah, so that's how, that's how we sort of started. <laughs> I gotta say, I really love like whenever an entrepreneur or a business owner mentions like how did they get started or how did they pivot or come up with a new idea and they say, I got injured. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen Reezy Resells on YouTube. He's a, he's a big reseller uh, YouTube channel. And uh, he was telling a story one time about how he had a skateboarding injury and he couldn't walk for a while and he he was a bookseller so he'd go into stores scan books you know so and he was going to thrift stores and bookstores so it was, he needed to be on his feet all the time to source his product for his business but because he broke his ankle or his foot he was bedridden for a couple of weeks so he started online arbitrage you know he said like he what, what can i source from home without actually having to go out to stores and he figured out a whole new angle to his business because of that injury. So that, that oh, was wow. just like, a, it's an interesting thing that you mentioned that you had an injury, which is a terrible situation that then kind of led to the growth or, you know, beginning of a, of a business that now you're going to be, you know, full time in and the trajectory of your life will be different because of that, that injury is really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how it works out like that. Eh? Sometimes you sort of stop and, and you have to have a, have a think and pivot and then and move on to something else. But it was, yeah, I found it I found it really enjoyable. It was sort of, it was a bit bumpy in the first year or so. I actually ended up giving up at one point because um, uh, the way I was selling it was was wrong. Like I just wasn't educated and I, I had never even heard of Bricklink um, in my earlier days. Um, I started off buying secondhand lots and just breaking them down and, and having a look at how we can, you know market the um the bits and pieces in them um but in the end um it wasn't working out as well as i thought and it only came to uh where i went all right well it's just it's too much time and, and i'm not getting the um the benefit of it you know the the income so i'll just put everything up on one trade me auction and for some reason it went for a ridiculous amount um uh, the auction just flew out the handle and, and went for hundreds of dollars and and once I sold that and I moved all of that on, I, it got me thinking, like I think uh, me and my partner and, and the kids were sitting on the couch watching the um, the auction just fly off the handle. It went from about $200 right up to, you know, it was I think it was about six $700. Um, and I was looking at it going, uh, you know, comparing how, one of the ways I market stuff is I, uh, I do things by weight. Um, so I was like weighing out how much we had and I was like, we're selling way more than my numbers would predict on what we would have sold if I went the way I was doing it. So, um, yeah, it was quite crazy, but we all, we all sat around and sort of had a laugh about how crazy it was. And then I think in the coming weeks after that, I started to rethink about how I do it and, and went back to the drawing board and then had another crack at it. So yeah, it's, it's definitely not one of those things that it's been really good the whole way. It's sort of, it's had its ups and downs and I've had to figure out along the way, different ways on what works and what doesn't mm -hmm. yeah yeah mm. yeah the um the, like i guess the the life of you know building a business it it that's exactly what it is right it's these ups and downs and trying to pivot and figure out you know what what's um where where's the most optimum place to be spending our time and um so like wait, wait, so when did you start was it um it was it would have been 2017 is when we sort of bought our first lot um i was working full-time at the time 
Um, and I, was, I, I worked full time for about a couple of years as well as did that as a part time thing because I ne- it never really dawned on me. It was sort of like a side hustle to me to start with. So I was like, oh, yeah, you know, this is this is good. And whenever I had spare time after work, it'd be we'll just do some of this. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Um, 2017 is yeah, when we started. Okay, yeah. And now, so now as you're kind of like making these decisions to go, you know, go back full time, um, like, so you've seen a big contrast the last couple of months between the life of uh, a business owner and, you know, the, the job that you had um, as, a, as a mover. What are some of the things that, you know, while you were working there that you missed about full time um you know, working for yourself that made you want to go back to it? What are some of the, like the contrasting things between the life of running your own business and spending your time the way you allocate it during the day and then, you know, doing it as a side business while also having a, a, a day job? Yeah. Um, freedom, freedom uh, of time would be the biggest thing. Um, Cause uh, me and my partner, we look after uh, between us, we've got four kids and then we've got, um, two nephews in which we help um help my sisters look after so we get them from time to time um and with all the bits and pieces that we have going on um having that freedom to be able to go all right well this is what we've got to do this week i will work around these you know these bits and pieces that we have um and and we make it work but with having a full-time job it's it's really hard you know um i'll go to work for five days and you know anything that's business orientated has to wait either before or after that and um and then also the other stuff that we do outside of you know the lego and and the job is sort of people become a second or third fiddle so it's um the bit time freedom is is the biggest thing um i think um mm-hmm. yeah i think um because i we used to do a lot we used to be able to do a lot more work and it wasn't so uh, pressure, time pressure orientated. Um, you know, now when I get home, you know, I'll have a workout or I'll, I'll have my dinner and then I know that I have to get through a certain workload. Whereas, you know, back in the day it would be, well, we can sort of, we know that I've got to get X, Y, and Z done for the day. So, you know, I, I'll do them as I move through the day. It's not, I've got to do this in a sort of set amount of time or I'm going to lose some sleep over it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you always kind of have like, when you were growing up, did you ever have a an affinity or a dream toward entrepreneurship or kind of doing your own thing at all? Um, I think in my in my teenage years, I've always um, looked at uh, buying and selling and, and how to do that. In my younger days, I used to like the idea of buying and selling computer parts and stuff like that. Um, and you know, I think that was yeah when I was when I was a teenager. Um, but always think about you know how can I buy and sell things. But it was never there was never a consistent on on what it was I was going to fall upon on buying and selling so yeah since i was about a teenager I've, I've wanted to buy and sell stuff particularly in the like so e-commerce space or you know were you kind of watching um ebay and uh and uh, what was it called so it's trade me in new zealand um yeah. and kind of thinking that's where you wanted to play or was there any particular kind of buy and sell area that interesting uh yeah trade trade me was a big one we've got a like um i think there's about five million of a population in in new zealand and and on trade me there's over a million users so um it's you know the numbers are just the numbers you know so it's like it's it's a no-brainer um so yeah trade me is a primary uh 
section on what I wanted to conquer and get into that. Mm -hmm. Is eBay um, a big thing there as well or no? Uh, eBay is a thing, but it's not as big. I think that's due to the fact that um, we're a, I, mainly Kiwis would buy um, from eBay as opposed to sell on it. I would I would predict. Um, I haven't. Oh. I've done a little bit of playing around with eBay, um, and it's something that I've looked into potentially going to as a next step because obviously when we look at sheer numbers, um, you know, New Zealand's only so big of a country. Um, Australia's right next to us with five times as much people, so the customers, you know, you're going to get a lot more of a market there. So. It's something that we're looking into, and I think we'll give it a proper look at once we come off the full-time work, and I've got that time to be able to go and do a bit of research again. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. And so when you're selling then, are you exclusively selling to people in the New Zealand market? Because there is, of course, international, you know, shipping is, is easy on BrickLink, but when you're so remote, um, it's probably expensive. Yeah, so we our Brooklyn store is a global store. Um, our trade me store um, is New Zealand based. I don't think we've had an overseas customer, although I know that there are um, overseas users on trade me. I think it's, uh, England and um, and also Australia. I've seen users on trade me. So I think they sort of do the drop shipping thing, where you sort of uh, they. Uh, sell something and then they just send it out and it says in the in the description it's like two to four weeks to get there and they just they just probably grab it from somewhere and ship it out to there and and that's how they work but mm. yeah we're uh, pretty much on trade me is just new zealand based uh 95 of our customers are new zealand now um just because of uh the covid pandemic and and how that's limited the ability to send out to other countries and also the price of shipping um when i probably about a year ago we were looking at about just under ten dollars for uh to send something to australia and now it's up just past fifteen dollars and it's only been a year so and everything else you know has gone up as well in terms of shipping for the other countries but australia would be our second port of call in terms of uh where the second most um users would purchase from us are mm -hmm. yeah yeah um so the like with shipping being that high, a lot of your your buys, your purchases are coming from New Zealand. And do you find that the market there, um, there's a lot of demand on BrickLink? And, you know, how does, like, is there a big uh, ecosystem of sellers or is there a big community of sellers there on BrickLink? Uh, so we've, there's a bunch of us that have a, of the BrickLink owners, um, have a Facebook page, um, which is quite handy. One of them, I think the biggest, the biggest, uh, Bricklink store decided it was a great idea to sort of put us in the same pool and add a whole lot of people and send out an email um, to make a page where we could all talk about our, our bits and pieces, which is which is really nice. Um, it's good to be able to liaise with other people that that do the same thing and have you know the similar walks of life because it's a bit of a, a funny adventure. Like it, whenever I talk about I sell Lego for a living to other people, they sort of scratch their heads and wonder how the hell the how the hell does that work? Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, so we've got a bit of a, a, a community where we talk about um, bits and pieces. Uh, so, so that's that's always helpful. There's about sixty, I think there's about sixty stores in New Zealand. Um, so, I think numbers. It, it, it always comes back to numbers for me. There's only about eight thousand, eight and a half thousand New Zealand users on BrickLink. Um, so when we're talking about the best place to sell things by default, Trade Me is is just huge. Like I. When I send out my emails, when they, you know, someone purchases from me, they get a few links, you know, our Facebook page, our Brinklink store, and stuff like that. And we've directed people 
um, to BrickLink as a way of buying, you know, single parts, you know. Um, but TradeMe has always been the one that's we don't even need to advertise. It's just off the rails with how how easy it is to use, I guess, um, for mm -hmm. customers. Mm. And it's built into the population with uh, what a fifth of the population have an account on that. That's just that's hilarious. That's, that's yeah, it's a crazy big number. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have a question here from the flipping flip um, in uh, in the chat here. Howdy from Texas. He's saying hi to Hillian's Bricks is also here. Um, how has the lockdown affected your business? Increase in sales? Yeah, yeah. So um, our first lockdown in New Zealand was, I think it was about April last year. And basically the Prime Minister said uh, one of the things that came out was um, only essential business was, only essential businesses would operate in, um, in, I think it was the lower levels. So level four, we weren't allowed to really do anything. We were limited. Our career company who would pick up our parcels wouldn't pick up from us because we were in level four. Um, and we had to drop a level, um, so it would be level three, that's where the COVID isn't as bad. Um, sort of level four is the highest, that's like everyone's locked down, you're not allowed to do anything, you have to stay at home, um, and only essential workers are working. So, um, yeah, with that, we we got a massive amount of sales, like it was it was huge. Uh, that's probably our busiest times in it. We've had two lockdowns in New Zealand wide um, during COVID and everyone's been shut at home and every both times it's been heaps of people ordering um i guess because they're all at home and they can you know they got that free time but the unfortunate thing is it's like when you order you'd hope that the lego would help the buyer uh be able to utilize their time a bit but they sort of have to wait till the end of the lockdown when we're able to send it out to get their stuff which is a bit wow. yeah it's a bit unfortunate but um but yeah no a definite increase in sales it was it was massive so you were selling during that time, but you, you yeah. weren't shipping. Like you were yeah. literally telling buyers that they had to wait before you were shipping anything out. Yeah, we had a disclaimer like oh, we put on our Facebook page, you know, that we won't be shipping at this time. Um, when we're accepting orders. We're more than happy to package everything up. But as soon, and as soon as the lockdown finishes, we'll ship everything out. And basically to um, not be swamped on the last day of lockdown, we would we would actively be uh, packing the orders up and stuff as the payments come through and it was very much like we were operating normally except nothing would leave the door um so wow. it was it was I, very busy i that i hadn't heard of i hadn't heard of countries doing that which is kind of fun like in the u.s that wasn't the case you know like you could ship stuff out as as normal really even during the height of of lockdown so that's that's yeah that's a lot to handle yeah. as a e-commerce business owner they um they ended up saying I think in the first lockdown everyone was quite um, on the notion that, that that we wouldn't be shipping out but they deemed one of the things that uh, other Bricklink owners we we didn't end up doing that but other Bricklink owners I know that deemed Lego to be essential via the way of thinking it was an educational toy and I completely agree to that extent but I knew that uh, ninety percent of our customers they are um, hobbyists and stuff like that so I thought it seemed a bit wrong to go oh well it's an educational toy and go down that loophole but some I I would imagine if I booked a courier and decided to get the courier to come pick up there was no real uh, policing of all right is this essential or is it not so we just made a internal decision that we thought well we will just say to everyone that we're not going to ship and that's how we'll operate and and we'll see mm -hmm. how that goes probably the most ethical decision anyway to yeah <laughs> yeah funny. yeah um so take me through 
a day in the life, right? So you uh, are about to go back full time, and let's say when you are full time on your on your uh, business, what does your day look like? You mentioned you get up at six a.m. Orders is the very first thing you do. Yeah, so all of the orders that uh, come, so we ship out first thing in the morning um, to basically to hit the courier as early as possible. And sometimes when we do, we've actually noticed um, since we've recently signed a contract with a with a courier company finally. Um, that some parcels actually reach the person in the same day. Um, if you're not too far, yeah, which is which is which is crazy. Yeah. But we like to hit that earliest morning delivery time. Um, they come and pick it up from our doorstep, so we don't need to go anywhere, which is great. Um, but yeah, we start our day probably um, picking orders, um, and then Pip will package those orders. It's usually not at six a.m. in the morning. Um, you know, it'd probably be. Uh, Pip will get the kids off to school. Uh, I'll be getting up, having a shower, and then having a coffee and, and picking those orders to start with, and she'll come home and then package those orders up. Um, and then we'll move into something like, um, what are we going to do next? I primarily do um, everything BrickLink orientated. So I'll pick everything out, but I'll also put everything in on the BrickLink store. Um, uh, it's just in case something ever goes wrong with the numbers and stuff like that. I know it's my fault. Um, so it's really easy to to do that. And plus, with the amount of locations we've got and all that, all the rest of it, it can get confusing quite fast. So I thought, you know, it's easier for now that I do all of that sort of thing. So I've grown that. And Pip, she'll do um, creating the trade me listings. So she'll do, we've got bags of colors that we do. Um, she creates those probably once every fortnight. Um, yeah, so she'll roll into something like that orientated with the secondhand stuff that we do. Um, she'll take photos. She'll uh, create trade me listings with the like we'll create little lots of say animals, leaves, um, uh, all sorts of bits and pieces that are just not your typical Lego bricks colors. Um, they'll be you know um, your accessories, weapons, stuff like that. Um, so she'll create all of that sort of thing. Um, and then in the afternoon, usually I'd grab that sort of thing from her, all her pictures and all the things that she's created. Um, we've got little product numbers for each individual one. So I put them in a spreadsheet um, and then I go ahead and upload them to the store. Um, yeah, so it's usually I would say we we probably work about seven or eight hours a day and we'd be doing that four days a week. Um, so usually something will smash us during the week. It'll be um, one of the kids needs this doing or we've got to go do this and or we've got a babysitter, nephew. So usually it's four good days of the week that we're doing stuff. The weekends we spend with the kids, um, and one day we'll usually have off where it's we've got to do something during the week. So it works around like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, you mm -hmm. didn't mention sourcing. Is that a big part of your week at all, or no? You kind of have um, streamlines. So Pip, uh, well, I've got uh, a buyer recently, which I purchased quite a lot of our um, Bricklink stock from. Um, so. Um, I've got to deal with them. They um, they are a Lego distributor, um, and so they they sell like they've got a website and everything, and they sell um, um, all throughout New Zealand. Um, and I just go to them. They've given me a deal off certain sets, um, oh, certain themes. I've got specific sort of percentages off them. So I sort of eye up a few deals and see how we're going with that. Um, and obviously clearance, I do a good hover around for that sort of stuff. Outside of there, we don't really get. Uh, huge amounts of stock like I don't go oh yeah well, that set looks cool so I'll go buy that and 
um, and I'll buy, you know, 10 of them and, and part that out. Usually it's, we, we get the deals. Um, so we do a little bit of looking around for that sort of thing. Uh, Pip, she'll line up the trade me. So I'm the, I'm the buyer for the business. So Pip will go ahead and look at trade me and she, and Facebook marketplace, and she'll look at uh, deals that come up um, or auctions that are due to finish and she'll put them on our watch list. And then I'll go in behind and go, oh yeah, and I'll have a look at that and see if it's worth my time and, and you'll set an alarm and, and, you know, go out the auction process of, of going to get it um, or um, I'll go, oh, okay, well, that's, you know, it's too much. It's not going to work out. Move that along. Um, but, yeah, so I, I do all the buying, but Pip does all the searching in terms of that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's a bit of a dual partnership there. She has her set uh, set things that she does, and I have my set things, and we, we work quite well together to achieve the result. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely want to come back to that because I think it's a really interesting. Uh, like, you're saying it so casually, like, oh, you know, she does – this activity and I do this other activity, like it's very seamless and street and, and like, it's no big deal, but for that sort of, you know, seamless partnership, um, that, uh, that takes a lot of work to build up, uh, in my opinion, but we'll, we'll come back to it because I do want to, to kind of, um, dig a little, little more into that, the, the topic of sourcing, uh, which again, you seem very kind of, uh, nonchalant about, Oh, it's, it's okay. I just work with a distributor. Like it's no big deal. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, haven't been able to build that sort of partnership and are still, um, you know, having to try and find the bargain bin deals, right? And at, in some cases, you know, I actually advocate for bargain bin uh, deals over um, trying to find a distributor or anything like that, because often you can get even better deals if you know where to find them. But the flip side of that, of course, is that you can, it's hands off, right? So it sounds like to you, a lot of your sourcing has just become automated now, right? Like, you know that you're going to be getting leads for great deals from a guy who you built a partnership with. So I do want to kind of um, talk a little more about that. So like, I guess, how did you, um, how did you even like decide that you wanted to try and build a relationship with someone who will bring you great deals? And how did you kind of go about that, um, you know, that pro process? Uh, so the um, the person, the business that does it, they they emailed um, a number of Bricklink owners in New Zealand and and sort of was it like an automated email, um, just the only sort of, once we discovered it on the page, like we had a conversation as the Bricklink owners do when this sort of thing comes along. Um, we noticed that he'd obviously sent an email to a large number of us and I'm not sure how many others actually took him up on that offer or decided to go into that sort of thing. Um, but I was one of the ones who did because I found it um, uh, very good in terms of sourcing uh, a lot of sets. Um, we've bought from him before at, at sort of on discount prices. So I thought, well, you know, it's to me, it's a no brainer to get. Basically, we can buy things on sale all the time. You know what I mean? Like uh, our retailers will have 20 or 25 percent off. This person is offering that across the board, you know, all the time. So it's, to me, it's a no brainer, you know. Um, so yeah, I decided to take him up on that offer, and and we we had a few emails to discuss, you know, certain things, uh, certain bits and pieces, certain sets, and usually what I'll do um, when I want to make a purchase is I'll have a look and see what sets I want to line up. I'll send him a whole lot of those numbers, and then um, I just ask him to give me a price and how much he's or how much they are and, and how many how much in stock he's got um, to to know how much I'm purchasing. Um, but yeah, it was it was very much a case of of he approached us um you know he approached a number of, of sellers 
um, and and decided that's how he would uh, put his foot out to to make that. And I, I very much suspect it's a case of um, as a seller, because um, I've watched this person as they've built their business, they they sell just in Lego sets, and he hasn't always been a um, a seller that's been. Um, he, he used to sell older retired sets. He'd import them. My, my guess is he'd import them and then he'd sell them on his website, which was quite cool. But uh, since then, he signed up with Lego and, and become a, 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 I think it's a certified retailer type thing and he, any orders from Lego. But with that sort of contract, I predict that the Ninjago and the City and the Friends sets, they sit around a bit. So having Bricklink owners involved, being able to purchase that would help that, you know, help those sets that do sit around a bit. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess that's that's my uh, sort of backwards calculation on on why he decided to do what he did. Yeah, and you bring some value to him as well in that way. Yeah, and and so does he? And I I, um, I don't know if I missed this, but does he give you uh, restrictions on what you can get? No, as long as he's got the stock, um, it's it's very much a case of uh, we get um, uh, the greatest percentage off on, uh, the license, uh, the unlicensed themes like the, uh, the city friends and Ninjago. And then the ones like star Wars and stuff like that, we get a lower discount on, and it's mm -hmm. pretty much two tiers, you know, across the board, no limits. Um, I did ask us, um, for our monthly box for December. Um, I did ask, uh, for about 18, well, I asked for about 15 of his gingerbread house sets um and they're a, a good set um they're quite nicely priced and obviously they're quite sought after because at the moment i can't find any so that says a lot that says a lot um but um i asked for about 15 and he said he came back to me and he said i can do you five and then later on in the day he came back and said i can sell you 15 like because other he was getting another shipment in so um yeah he's never really placed a restriction it's basically just what he has for sale is is what's available right okay okay and mm. um so that difference in the tiers between the licensed and non-licensed prices how does that play into your decision making as a bricklink seller you know are you oh. seeing a big difference between what you can what you can do with those two tiers in terms of cardout value uh yeah uh it, it makes the um the the city friends and and um the ninjago sets actually a little bit worthwhile parting out um we've uh one of the things that we do because on our trade me store we sell a large amount of minifigures that's primarily probably what's well, it's probably about two-thirds minifigures one-third uh our second our second hand stuff um and having the such a large range um gives us um people keep coming back you know they, they don't just buy the one usually you know they buy five ten minifigures at a time um and being able to buy um we saw we bought one city set from him we bought about 10 of them um and we sold there was about 14 minifigures i think it's the fun fair set um mm -hmm. and it, it retailed for about 60 dollars new zealand and we were able to sell each individual minifigure on trade me and we thought oh that was a tester for me. I thought, oh, you know, city minifigures that don't really sell. Um, so I decided to buy a heap of them mainly for our monthly box, um, a specific thing we had at the time. So I brought 10 of them. I chucked them all in the store, all the parts, and I put all the minifigures up and the minifigures sold really, really well uh, for some crazy reason. I thought city minifigures, they don't usually, they're not a sought after thing, but yeah, people people really ate those up. So it was it was really good. So 
Yeah, we, we go for the um, the sets that have got more minifigures in that sense with the um, with those three themes, the Friends and Njaga on the City. Just, to, you know, that's where our trade me value is. That's where, you know, we feed that back to the customers and that pretty much pays for the set. And then the parts from that set is pretty much the profit and that goes into the brick link. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. And as you were saying that, I remember like a, a Brixie video that I saw at one point where he, he goes to like a, a store that's selling a lot of retired sets, a couple of uh, current sets as well, and just loads up on um, city minifigs, just basic city minifigs, because he's building a Lego city, you know, so he needs to yeah. populate the city. And that's the way he kind of phrased it as you, you, these are going to be populating my city and my zoo and, and all this stuff, which makes a lot of sense, you know, that there will be value in, in those yeah. things. And do you take that same approach across the board in terms of minifigs on trade me and everything else on bricklink or do you sell minifigs on bricklink as well uh we, we sell basically when we get to we sell minifigs on both platforms but when we get as low as um there's only three left of of a certain minifigure i will um basically stock room that on bricklink so it's only available on my platform so we're not selling something we don't have um so when we've got the numbers for them, they will be for sale on Bricklink. But when I upload, so basically when Pip gives me all of the um, pictures and all of that sort of thing, my first port of call, I use Bricklink as basically a stockroom that houses everything that I've got um, um, in terms of those minifigures, the second-hand minifigures and stuff like that. It's got a location. It's got, um, you know, a place where it goes. It's got a, um, it's got a number, a, 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 a cost, um, and that will be for sale until I, I reach the point where I go, all right, I've got heaps of minifigures here. Now I'm going to upload them to trade me. And then with our second hand lots that we get when I do that, um, basically we've only got one of that minifigure in that second hand lot. So they get all stock roomed um, at that time. So, and we've had a few minifigures sell. Like Bricklink doesn't sell huge on minifigures. I think, I think the largest issue, well, in New Zealand it doesn't. I think the largest issue is I'm, I'm battling with, 60 other individuals that do the exact same thing and you've sort of got to price beat them you know um and that's how you'd you'd get the sale um yeah. so on trade me there's there's just that many people for us i think our biggest go-to on how we attract so many customers is the fact that we've got such a large range on trade me um and that's okay. why people keep coming back but that's that's my only guess on it i guess yeah and you mentioned that there's other pieces that you also put in lots on trade me uh, miscellaneous accessories and stuff like that how do you make that decision you know on what to put up there is that a case of they're used are those used lots that you're buying and, and you're keeping some parts for bricklink and then lotting up the stuff that you think is less valuable or, or what what's that process like yeah so i did a i did a little bit of research probably it was about a three-month process for me where i bought a lot of a secondhand lot and i know that some sellers are one of the biggest ways i've been able to ascertain all my knowledge is to um look at what other people have done and, and what other people do and watch heaps of youtube content that's how i stumbled onto everything that i've done so far um, and one of the things that other people do is they sell the used parts so i i had a crack at um breaking down a whole lot a secondhand lot i bought it um you know got it to the house so you know played around with it and how to sort it and how to um go about putting it into stock um, on Bricklink and sell on Bricklink as individual pieces. Um, for me, when I when I broke down the numbers of how long it took me, how long it took to sort, upload, all the rest of it, I found out quite quickly 
when I measured it against how much we sell the parts, um, we sell a 250 gram bag of colors, um, you know, say a dark gray bag or something like that, or a black bag or a white bag or a green bag. When I broke it down to the colors and, and the, the cost of how much we sell it for already on trade me to how much we can sell those individual parts on Bricklink for is very, very similar. So that's why we thought, well, we'll go away from parts and selling on Bricklink um, and secondhand, um, and we'll just primarily do new parts. Uh, but um, we do use minifigures and use mini minifigure parts as our biggest one. Um, it's it's a thing that we've done for a while now. It's a good way to finish minifigures and stuff like that. Um, when we're mm-hmm. going through a lot and we realize, oh, this torso is cracked. It's going in the bin. Have we got another one? You know, or this minifigure is missing one particular piece. Have we got it? Um, it's yeah, we figure that's the best way. But yeah, we we tried to have a go at selling used parts on Bricklink. It hasn't worked as well as we thought it would. I know quite a few other New Zealand players do do that sort of thing. Um, I, I guess my best guess there is I haven't stumbled upon the fastest, most efficient way to do it. So I'm sort of putting it on the back burner for now until I pick it up again and have another play with it. Right. Okay. Okay. I, I felt like, and I didn't uh, specifically look at the used count in your Brickling store, but I, I did have a quick look at the total um count of the the lots and the parts and you have a quite a high lot count uh a, quite a high ratio it looked like and that's why i kind of felt like um maybe you were using used used parts to up the lot count um but that's impressive that you know that that stuff is mostly not even going into your brickling store yeah yeah basically all the all everything in a used lot apart from the minifigures and the minifigure parts goes into trade me now um so the only thing that goes to Bricklink um, is the the minifigures and, and the parts. And basically, Pat, when we first started the, the idea for the minifigures and assembling them and um, all the rest of it, uh, Pip had a lot of drawers in, in the bedroom uh, where she's got, um, you know, like white torsos, uh, red torsos and all the rest of it. And that was her way of categorizing all of the bits and pieces. Um, and... I don't know who came up with the idea of putting them onto Bricklink, but it was a really good one because we sell quite a few minifigure parts. It's not just minifigures that, that go, the minifigure parts, they sell really good on Bricklink as well because other people would need the specific parts of these things to finish off their minifigures. So it AX is a stockroom for our own, you know, to grab at the specific parts we need very easily, but B, it, it also they sell very good on their own right to, to help other buyers. So... Wow. Um, okay. But yeah, we do we do have used parts in our Bricklink store currently that are just you know the bricks and the you know the normal uh, normal Lego. But that's basically something we're winding down. Um, once they sell, they they're gone. Um, gotcha. Mm. Okay. And you mentioned drawers in the bedroom. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Are you yeah. Storing, so you're storing parts in your bedroom. I, only a little bit. Where Pip's got um, four um, sets of drawers. Uh, oh, what do they look like? probably something like that um she's got four four lots of that um and they pretty much sit there because sometimes she'll work on the bed and she'll have the laptop and and they're right there so she can finish them but at times she's gone and numbered a whole lot of parts and put them in plastic bags and given them to me to put into the store so basically the idea is we take we're dwindling down those drawers they won't be there forever the hope is that hopefully in a year's time <laughs> that they will have disappeared and they'll be in the shop. So 
Yeah, that's, that's okay. pretty much, I, I think she had about six sets of those draws and over time we have uh, taken away from them and put them into the store or she's used the parts because that's how we used to sort minifigure parts. They used to go on these drawers and not go up for sale and so that would be her stock base but they weren't for sale. She'd be, when she got a new lot in, she would have a look at the minifigures and then look at her stock room to see if she had the parts for that minifigure. We never even thought to put these pieces up for sale and and have the ability to sell them to people. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. And semi-related, I guess. So, like, what is your storage situation like? So in this room that you're in right now, is this a, a, a garage or, or kind of a part of your house that you've allocated for the business? Yeah, so um, when we first moved in to this place, it's a rental. We first moved in here, Pip stored her car in the garage, and she loved the idea of it. Um, but it quickly became the Lego room. Um, it's it's a six by six, uh, six meters by six meter garage, um, and it's yeah, it's a double double garage. And we've got about oh, one, two, three, four. We've got four walls in here. Two of them are three of them are double sided um, on on drawers. So much like uh, we've got these drawers here. Um, so that's our storage system. We have 108 units, I think, well, plus these six, 114 units um, of these drawers in the garage. And then we also brought out another BrickLink seller. Um, he decided he was he'd had enough and and he was just selling up shop. Uh, so we decided to uh, liaise with him. And once he got to a certain point, as low as he did with the stock because um, he discounted everything to sell it. Um, we bought the remainder of his drawers, which are a different drawer. They're a yellow um, yellow unit, which is completely different. Ooh. It goes on to a, uh, another drawer, uh, another one, which is just behind me, and they look like that. So they're very different. So um, we house all of our used pieces in those drawers and our new pieces in the black ones uh, to help segregate you know, the different things that we do. Um, when organizing stuff um so yeah simplifies everything down a bit yeah and do you, yeah. Do you find that you've got enough space overall or are you kind of like you know are you still do you have room to grow in this in this space uh not 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 enough <laughs> um yeah it's i think it's one of those things we sort of as we've been going along it's like oh yeah well we'll move this and we'll move that and um up until about a couple of weeks ago um, we had uh, exercise equipment right where I'm sitting right here. Um, but we built another wall uh, just behind me. Um, mm -hmm. We built that um, either last week or the week before. But to build that wall, we needed to move all of our exercise equipment. So now pretty much the whole garage is Lego. Um, and the next step is going to be moving and getting a, a place of our own to uh, have a bigger room to do this in. Because I think... I think something maybe twice the size would be where I want to be at, at the end. Um, but I, yeah, it's been one of those things that's sort of like, we'll just keep expanding, keep uh, adapting and seeing what we can do to make it all work. Um, and as these problems come up, we've, we've figured out a way to solve it. And, and yeah, so I think something about twice the size is probably where we're going to be in the end. Get as creative as possible to, um, to squeeze as much as you can into one place. Um, yeah. Someone posted in the in the Facebook group today that you know they were for Lego investing like sealed set storage uh, that they were running out of space. And my response was, and always will be 
it's the best problem to have, right? Like if, yeah. if there's any problem that I love hearing from the community, it is I don't have enough space for all of my Lego. I just I just love it. Um, yeah. And related to this as well, we have a question from Jason here in the chat. So it looks like you're in a, a garage. I feel like moving my boxes to my garage, but worried about how safe the boxes will be long-term. I assume having plastic bins would help to weatherproof them. Any tips? This might be related to what I was just talking about, which is sealed set storage. Um, if he's storing them in boxes and or plastic bins, it sounds like it's less um, parts and less brick, brick link related. But let's let's take turns answering this, both for sealed sets and for uh, for brick link. Um, sure. Jason, if you're if you're asking about sealed sets, uh, definitely need to make sure that they're not exposed to extreme temperatures either hot or cold uh, or humidity uh, humidity will um will be bad for the the seals and you don't want the seals on the boxes to to loosen up um buyers will not believe that they're real you might get counterfeit claims against your accounts uh, so that's one thing to be very very careful of also stickers inside the box um could be impacted so even if the box looks fine, you ship it out to a customer, the stickers might have problems uh, if they were in extreme humidity or, or temperature. Uh, weatherproofing, I mean, honestly, the only, like I personally would not try, I wouldn't chance um, a high amount of inventory value in a, uh, in a garage that was you know bad in a climate that is extreme at different times of the year, no matter what kind of weatherproofing I used on the boxes. Um, even if I, you know, unless I could, I could essentially, um, climate control the room. So I would need to, you know, to fully insulate and put in heaters and coolers to actually climate control it year round. It's the only way I think I'd feel confident about it. Um, you know, in terms of like, I don't think any sort of bins or anything like that would be, I'd be confident enough. I would recommend just doing a few tests on it though, but you'd need to be, you'd need to be pretty thorough. Uh, so with seal sets, I think, you know, if you can keep them somewhere dry and with a standard temperature as much as possible. So, um, Tony, with BrickLink parts, how do you feel about, you know, weatherproofing and, and those kind of things? Is it a problem? Yeah, I haven't had um, too much of an issue. Like it looks quite bright uh, behind me, but those are blind. So that's sort of like trying to do its thing. I think that's just the computer sort of the lighting same uh, attracting to the only light in the room. Uh, we need more lighting, um, which which is one thing that we're going to be working on. Um, but um, in terms of heat, um, in the summer, it can get very hot in here. So I'd, I'd sort of tend to go the way that you've just said. Um, you know, it can get very hot. We often open just the bottom of the garage door up to allow flow in. Um, the next part, the next area for us, we'll, we'll be getting some, um, like an air conditioner in here that we can, A, heat in the winter, B, cool in the summer, you know, um, it, it just gets unworkable in here. So I can only imagine what sort of damage it, it could potentially do to, to um, sealed sets, um, you know, bits and pieces. We, we haven't found any issues um, with, with our Lego, but we um, are actively, you know, opening the, the garage up. The house is about 14 years old. It's not very old, so it's very uh, tight and uh, it's got double glazed windows. Um, you know, it's it's not, yeah, it's sort of like a room, um, but it's, you know, the, the, the garage. So in that sense, it's, yeah, it can get it can get very hot, but yeah, it's um, it's quite weather tight. Some garages I know that are a bit older, maybe they don't have the double glazing, you know, maybe they don't have um, 
uh, you know, the the heating and stuff, it could be a lot worse. Um, I'm not sure. But, yeah, it, it just depends on how old, I guess, your garage would be um, that you'd be looking to move to. But, yeah, I probably wouldn't risk it if it was if it was seal sets. And even stuff like this, it's, um, yeah, the only reason why I do it in here is because of how new the garage is. Um, if it was something that was something else I've lived in, I probably would, wouldn't do this in, in the garage. I'd probably convert a room in the house or something. Yeah. And what you mentioned there about the sunlight as well, I do need to want to like add that when we're talking about sealed sets is that it can bleach <laughs> the, the boxes. And I saw it very recently, actually, I visited a, a kind of a toy store and they had Lego sets in the, in the window of the toy store and they were just totally bleached. Like the colors were gone from the, from the box. So um, be careful of leaving sets on shelves, um, you know, not in boxes and not in bins if there is sunlight. Same, same sort of same sort of thing with um with uh, Lego if it gets exposed to sunlight it discolors um, you, you you can get it back but you can't get it back this you know it won't be the same goodness and um, I've I've heard of um, Brixar has a little uh, thing where he um, talks about brittle blue Lego um, which is something that was quite funny but the older Lego the blues they just crumbled in your hand with time i'm not sure whether that's sunlight or something like that 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 does that to it but it pretty much just breaks so uh sunlight is not good for lego <laughs> you don't want to have to displaying your lego or something like that near a window or something like that you you probably won't get the color back to its original form so yeah, yeah. that's why we have blinds and everything like that in here because this is all new lego <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah so just protect the stuff as much as possible jason um Tote bins, I mean, I'm a big fan of tote bins as well. Like you did ask about plastic bins. It's not perfect for, I wouldn't depend on it for weatherproofing. It doesn't stop the cold or the heat, but it does help with moisture and, you know, and obviously like damage, right? So if, if a tote bin falls over, it's more likely to protect the sets um, from those kind of things. So yeah, I'm a fan of that solution. And um, thank you for the question. Tony, we were talking about sourcing and you mentioned, um, you know, we, we, we talked about your, the distributor and the partnership you were able to build there. If you didn't have that partnership or if you were a brand new seller in New Zealand and, uh, you know, you were, you were doing it the old fashioned way, I guess, what's the environment like there? Are there good deals? Are you able to get your hand on stock? You know, what are the, the major retailers that you would go to and, and you know, would, how would that look? Uh, yeah. So, our local ones, we, we go to, um, well, in the past, and we still do it now, um, just clearance. Uh, you've got farmers in the warehouse. Um, they're pretty good with, with that sort of thing. Um, you sort of have to do a bit of store hopping because I believe, although they've got their sort of uh, things they do nationwide, they do do a few things, like a few little different things each store to try and clear that stock. Some of it's not as, you, you know, it's, it's hit and miss, um, but... Our local farmers, we've got quite a few sets from um, just due to clearance and, and they know us down there. So when they're clearing stock out, we say, hello, blah, blah, what have you got? And and it's really good to have that rapport with them. Um, so building up a rapport with people is, is probably a huge thing. Um, Again, yeah. you're, you're just kind of saying it so nonchalantly. You're just like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> we're just you got to just make sure that your local store gives you a call whenever they have good stuff. Like, <laughs> this is the kind of thing that is a lot of people, you know, don't don't do right it's it's kind of um it's getting a little bit deeper and a little bit more uh, advanced in your sourcing when you are on the hit list for your actual stores the retailers to, to call you up when they have great deals and yeah it, what's the, is that a small store or is it a chain 
Uh, yeah, farmers and warehouse are both chains. Uh, they're all throughout the country. Um, so, you know, they're, yeah, they're, they're quite, yeah, they have their little bits and pieces in different stores. But overall, you know, um, they're across the board. Like we bought the uh, 70 video sets from from the warehouse. They had them all on clearance and that was an easy, easy pickup. You know, they were all just sitting in one bin. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll grab the lot. Clearance is a huge thing. Um, if you're um, if you're dealing with, um, you know, you're a new new uh, new Bricklink seller. You probably want to pick up, uh, invest not as much as money as possible because it's not something that makes a huge amount of money fast. But having, you know, clearance sets and investing, you know, or getting them as cheap as possible, and then being able to sell those is the best best way to start off. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just like, I mean, how much do you think um, low prices factors into your success as a beginner? On, on Bricklink, like, do you, would you categorize that as one of the most important things to make sure that you're really bargain hunting? Yeah, definitely. Um, you don't want to overinvest, especially uh, a lot of people that uh, that venture into Bricklink. What they'll do is they'll start out, and um, they will eventually probably find that they don't make as much money, or, or they're fighting too much competition, and then they'll probably give up. Um, and so, you don't want to. One of the biggest things, and I, I seen that on Bricksar when we first before we first got into this was you probably want to buy sets that you'd be interested in yourself. Um, and that way, if it folds and if it go, it doesn't go as well as you want it to, um, or if your life takes a different turn, you're able to utilize the set, the pieces you have left over for your own collection. Uh, so that, I, I believe that's them. what some people do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely not 17. You don't, can don't build a very big version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree though. And I take the same, you know, mentality for, for brand new Lego investors, you know, and they're kind of thinking, what should I buy? And maybe I'm, I'm exploring this whole new world of, of buying sets and holding long-term. What should I get? I think it is a good idea. Um, you know, firstly, obviously to follow basic good strategy, which is, you know, look at, look at stuff that, um, have performed well over time, get some compar comparable, uh, sets and look at how they've performed, look at retiring stuff. All of those things, but then also layer in a little bit of when you're brand new of, you know, are you okay with holding on to this if you ever needed to? Um, now, obviously, over time, that would very quickly change to drop all of your interests out of your business decisions and don't only buy Star Wars sets, right? Because I see a lot of investors, Lego investors, avoiding friends, right? The theme and avoiding Duplo um, because they don't have an interest in those themes and uh, ninjago is another one you know i talk to a lot of people are you buying ninjago no i'm not you know i don't i don't like it i'm not interested in it i think it's very childlike um you're missing opportunity right same with minecraft there's certain sets so so very quickly it would pivot from you know caring to not caring about um about your interests but at the very beginning i think it is a good it is a good idea uh to, to pay in mind so i want to go back to something that i've been excited to talk to you about and I'm going to do it by bringing up uh, the Flipping Flips question right here uh, with the mm -hmm. super chat. Thank you, Flipping Flip, for the $2 super chat. Uh, how could one convince the wifey to join the biz? And you've alluded to a very successful partnership with Pip a couple times now. I think it's really impressive that you, you, know, you very carefully break down the... Um, the different responsibilities in the business and to the down to like specific activities that you know is, is hers and you know is yours um i also run a business with my partner and uh and you know i so i'm aware of the challenges that it brings um over the last couple of years and 
it, it, it's very important in my opinion. It has been very, very important to set very clear kind of, um, uh, I guess, lanes for each person to play in and to, to, to operate in. So I, I want to ask you, I guess, off the top, um, how did it begin your partnership with Pip? Was it like from the beginning of the journey or did she, you know, get involved later on? Um, and then I guess, what are some of the, the things that you've learned throughout that you could maybe advise uh, someone who's kind of thinking about starting a business, not just with, you know, with Lego, any business really um, with a partner and kind of you know, how, how to make that successful. What are your thoughts on those things? Yeah, I guess um, with with Pip, uh, we got together in 2017. So she's been a, from the start. Um, her involvement as such in the business has been more so in the last two years than it, than it ever was. At the start, it was sort of me just playing around with ideas um, and she'd be involved with, you know, um, the bits and pieces. But we hadn't really got to a point where we knew it was going to go somewhere and we knew what we wanted to achieve. So we were just playing around. Um with different ideas and different bits and pieces um but yeah her involvement um has, has been there from day one um, she's been always supportive so it's good to have someone that's that's really supportive uh with that with that thing um in terms of um uh, convincing uh, the wifey <laughs> I, I would imagine um not really uh maybe easing into it is probably the easiest way to go about it that's where i started i had no idea that i'd get this you know this big and we'd have a garage full of lego um at any point until we got to this point you know it's been something that sort of has progressively gotten bigger along the way i've i've hinted at you know i want to be that big or i want to you know see what um what is it uh brooks uh uh there's uh, brick in a bucket you know he's got they're, they're, that that team's doing a very good job um you know you see bricks are his that's pretty much bricks uh basement is pretty much where i envisioned i wanted to be but whether i got there or not was a different story so uh, it's one of those things you sort of ease into and um it's a it's like uh the stocks it's sort of like yeah you, you spend a little bit and you know it's a slow grower over time um um but yeah, we we've we have figured that um, we're two different people. She's very creative, and I'm I'm very numbers orientated. So we work to each other's uh, strengths with that. Um, you know, she does the photos. She does, you know, the the um, putting together the different lots. Um, and I do, you know, Brickling. It's very numbers orientated. Just banging away at those uh, sets and and chucking them in. Um, is what I like doing um, and working on how much we sell stuff for, how much I pick stuff up for. Like that's all, that's all in my backyard. Um, um, so yeah, she's, yeah, it's, I think we work well together because we're two different people in that sense. Um, and we're not tripping up over each other too. Some, some people can't work together. Uh, well, we don't, we work together quite well, but also we do our separate things like we're very much in two parts of the house and i'm doing this and i'm doing that and we'll have a brief oh yeah all right so you're going to give me that and then i'll go off and do that and yeah so we're not under each other's toes or anything like that all the time um yeah it's i think you've got to find someone that you work you know that you're compatible with it's not for everyone i know some people can't work with their with their spouse or partner um but yeah that's that's how that's how we've operated Right, yeah. And did you always have such a, a, a clear breakdown of roles or did that come later? Uh, no, yeah, and it's changed. It's changed 
during the time um i originally had shipping in my backyard i i didn't want to let uh let a little bit of control go uh, i had too much on my plate and i liked i liked overseeing as much as i possibly could that way if something went wrong i knew it was my fault um and it took a while for me to go all right well she can actually do that um and she's quite capable of doing that i need to just put that in her backyard and, and see how how well that goes and, and it hasn't gone wrong it's really good and you know i can't wrap something or, or make something look to, good to save myself but she's really good with packaging if if you look at our trade me feedback and our bricklink feedback uh, probably 80 percent of it is all due to the fact that we have nice packaging it's really it's really well presented um it's a big go-to draw card for people so um yeah that, that sort of thing's down to her in that sense um which is which is really good so it's gone good diverse you know putting that uh thing over to her and i'm able to achieve other you know in other areas mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's like i mean when we had uh just a break in the bucket here on the show uh it was, it was it was a similar kind of uh topic that we asked them about you know about partnerships right because they also have uh three of them involved in the business and um their answer was all was kind of similar in that like to, to have a successful partnership it really has you have to have this understanding on each person's strengths and you know really try to to go deep on that uh, i love that you've got that clarity um i it took me a little time as well with with my girlfriend to figure out that clarity that what i'm good at and what i'm not good at uh thankfully she also kind of um she also has some of the skills that i'm lacking um and vice versa so so we're kind of looking in that way but i that's the same thing that i would say to someone with any sort of partnership is to try and be very very clear on your skills and their skills and what you're not good at and be open and honest about what you're not good at and what they're mm. not good at have that have that conversation and then basically take the objectives of the business and just drop it into those skill sets so that you are working on the things that you're best at and the other person's working on the things that they're best at because it just gives you so much more of a of a competitive advantage and a shot at uh, at at figuring it out, I guess. Yeah, I guess um, one one really really good point about uh, being able to put ourselves in a position where we can work together well um, and have those different roles is you can get twice as much done. Um, and or the other way, it takes half the time um, to have a partner um and 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 working with each other like that it means two people doing doing one job i know that, uh, some of the bricklink stores they are just by themselves and it's a case of they have a partner or wife but they're just doing it themselves because their wife does whatever they want to do and it's just a hobby so being able to have that you have twice as much manpower um to achieve what you want to achieve mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and i mean is there anything so for people who like they're 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 not really looking to get um the you know the wifey to join the biz or the, the like to get someone to fully join the business or on board but what about the people who they they can't even get the partner to accept what they're trying to do right um you know they want to convert their entire family garage into a lego room or basement um or you know in the case of sealed set investors it can be a tall order, right? We're asking um, our partners to accept that we are going to buy tons of Lego sets, put it in storage somewhere, and we'll maybe you know sell it next year or maybe the year after, right? Like it's it's when you don't know the data. If someone's coming to you and telling you this new vision that they have or new kind of thing that they've learned about online. It, I can see how you know a lot of wives, a lot of husbands are probably like 
what are you talking about? This is a bit of a crazy thing. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on, you know, what someone could do to try and get people to be on board with their vision in the world of Lego selling? Because it can sound a little crazy at times. Um, I guess uh, help educate them. Um, you know, when when I first started, before I started BrickLink, um, and I, I did a whole lot of research, I watched Brick Arena, um, I watched um, Bricksar, and I did research. It was one of those things that when I watched a good video that had some some good information in it, I would be, you know, here, have a look at this video. You know, this is something that I, this is a direction I want to go down. Um, and that's how we first started. Um, so she watched a couple of the videos I watched a lot of the videos and we sort of, you know, she could see where I was going with it. So, you know, we, there was a point where, um, you know, we had an idea and, and and we've changed and we've gone into BrickLink. You know, there was a point there. Um, so helping educate her was probably the piece that, that helped a lot. Um, so then she could see, all right, this is what I want to achieve and this is how we're going to do it, you know. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Education education is probably the big key there because I guess, you know, from the outside looking in, it's it's like, well, you know, it seems like you're just using a whole lot of space for a silly kid's toy. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, some people are uneducated there. They don't know the value of something or they think it's a silly idea. So education is probably the big thing. Yeah, 100%. And it really can seem a little crazy. And it is one of the yeah. big problems that I hear from the community as well is like, I, I can't get people to be on board with my plan here. And um you know, depending on how aggressive someone might get when they first learn about, you know, Lego, you know, some members might want to 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 buy up so to I guess suddenly go from learning about it to you know to to doing a lot of buying, and so it can get very scary for family members who don't understand it. So I, I agree. I think educating is is crucial. That was how I did it in the beginning. Luckily, my girlfriend's an Amazon seller, so I was able to show her some tools um keepa for example where you can see the price over time um of sets so i just showed her a few graphs look at this set this used to be worth 50 now it's worth 150 three years later and here's mm. the price graph to prove it and here's the sales rank it's still selling so i use data in my case everyone's going to be different um because she was an amazon seller and could and could kind of see where i was going with that stuff but you know the other thing that you could do is some of these bricklink uh youtubers that you mentioned tony they have their sales numbers on their YouTube channel, right? Just read mm -hmm. the bucket, do it. Pops Block Shop does it. Put their actual sales numbers up there and walk through them in detail. So we added this, this amount of parts to the store, this number of lots. We had this many orders. And, you know, then you could just, like, if they don't have a number, you could calculate it, right? Okay, here's the number of orders per parts ratio or whatever. Um, this is the average order amount. And here's our total income hurt. It's usually sales. You don't see the profit, but you can, you know, you can make some, some educated um, decisions from seeing that sort of stuff. So maybe that's the kind of video that you'd want to sit down your spouse and show, look at what these mm -hmm. guys are able to do. And all we got to do to get there is commit to, um, you know, to, to this thing of, of, tons of part outs and storage problems and all of this stuff, but then we can have these numbers. Um, yeah, so I, that, yeah, that's actually something that I've I've looked into and thought about um, putting up on on our our weekly vlogs as the as the numbers because I noticed that they they do yeah they put quite a few fair bit of numbers and stuff like that and break it down and I love numbers um, and it's also a good way to 
uh, see actually, you know, the real nuts and bolts. It's easy enough to say, well, you've sold this and that this week, or you've put that into the store, but numbers paint a huge picture as to what's actually going on in there. So um, it's something that we've looked into uh, putting on our weekly vlogs as well. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I think it's a great, I was kind of surprised when I first saw it, to be honest. I think it was Pops Block Shop the first time I saw it and I was like, he's sharing all his numbers. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. But honestly, like I, I see it as another, it's just another example about how the BrickLink seller community is just so like ready to help people, you know, and honestly, mm. like everyone, like, so I, I have talked to a lot of BrickLink sellers here on, on this live show. And I really enjoy bringing that perspective into the channel because I've usually talked mostly about sealed sets and, um, Honestly, everybody is just really, really willing to help everyone and in the YouTube content as well. And so you have your YouTube channel. You've been doing um, vlogs recently, but showing, you know, a lot of the background to your business, you know, including order fulfillment and picking parts and all of that sort of, of stuff. And, you know, other YouTubers are doing the same thing. They're showing a lot more in their business than a lot of other, you know, resale business model uh, communities that I've been part of, right? I sell books as well. So I'm in communities about book selling and I don't think people, I don't, I can't think of anybody who has a camera in their warehouse showing every single little thing that they're doing. Um, they show some stuff, but the Brickland community or the selling community are very, very um, ready to help each other. And there's a real sense of, of community there um, mm. for sure. Now I want to pivot just a little bit because I've another thing that I've been really excited to ask you about is this monthly box. So Tell me about this monthly box. What what is it exactly? How did you get the idea for it? What what are you doing there? Uh, so, like everything that started off, um, we did a bit of research. Um, I think there was a couple of sleepless nights where I was looking at uh, videos of people reviewing boxes in America um, and people doing similar things. I can't remember what the boxes were called now, what brands they were. There was a blue one, I know that much, um, that, that had a white little label on the top, and it was this monthly subscription box. And I thought, you know, what, one of the one of the bigger things about the BrickLink store is that you can often have a lot of parts that sit around for ages um, and, and they don't really sell. So this was one way that we thought, well, we can utilize, you know, selling, you know, a themed box and move parts as well. At the same time so um yeah we did we did a bit of research into um you know the 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 bo different boxes and what their inclusions were um and and we decided to we thought stuff it you know we'll play around we'll go to the shop assemble a few things see how much that costs play around with the idea so there's a couple of months there where we uh, bought a few things play with a few bits and pieces and to see what we had come upon and we um, we ended up creating our first monthly box. I think it was in April last year, and that fell on its face because um, COVID hit that month. And mm -hmm. pretty much, we we decided we'd refund everyone. There was one customer that got their box um, because they were adamant they really wanted it. And I said, okay, well, we've got your box. We we've created it, um, you know, and we sent it out to them. But there was yeah, there was only one customer that ended up getting their their box the first month we made it. But it's something again pips the the creative person she goes she goes away she plans out the idea she gets a theme we talk about the theme and then we agree on it but she comes up with all these these ideas and stuff and and she'll go away and do it um and she'll do the planning on you know we've got uh, a minifigure that goes into the box it's a themed minifigure 
Um, we've got um, a, a themed poly bag or a mini build. So it's one or the other. Sometimes we build, um, we'll get a, a set that is retired and no longer exists and we'll decide to just get the parts together for that and seal that up. Um, and you've got the instructions to build that set. Um, so I think it was a parrot last month because we did a, um, a pets monthly box. Um, so you built a, a mini parrot type thing. Um, and you've got, we do a mosaic. So she'll go away and, and find some pictures of different animals and stuff like that. Um, for this particular box, it was animals. Um, so she got a cat. Um, and if we can't find something, you know, we'll, we'll put together our own design. Um, I use... I can't remember for the life of me what it's called, but you can download it from Bricklink um, and basically create your own instructions on these different things. So that's what I do. She'll come to me with the um, the final of what she wants. I'll grab that and then I'll actually make some instructions and stuff like that. And we put it into a little magazine type thing um, for the end user. So wow. yeah. Yeah, there's all sorts of little bits and pieces that go into it. And they we sell them for about um, $39.99 plus shipping. And we only sell to New Zealand because at the moment we haven't been able to, well, with COVID, it's quite hard to ship overseas, but we haven't figured out how to get it out and um, and see what sort of that looks like overseas. Plus, mm -hmm. you know, if you're shipping, you'd have to worry about times. Uh, one of the things that we put in the box is a, um, it's called a, uh, uh, I think it's a monthly build challenge where you get 100 to 120 pieces. Um, everyone gets the same pieces and you put together your own design that's based on the theme and you create a backstory and you enter it in. You take a few photos and you enter it in to a competition. You win a set. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's something that it's, it's definitely evolved a little bit more over time. And we've already got a few things that we are looking at doing to um, create a better finished product because we're always looking to improve. Um, but yes, yeah, we're really enjoying uh, putting that one together. That's a that's a one of our cornerstones that we like in the business. That's really interesting. So you're doing a lot of uh, like a curation, I guess, you know, and and building in kind of some some community fun as well, and you know, with, mm. with sharing images and stuff like that. I I love that. And so, how are you selling them? Where are you listing them? Uh, so basically, it's real. It's real basic. <laughs> we put a post on Facebook. I've got a subscription box email list um, of all the people that have purchased the box before. So basically once you've purchased the box, I'll put your name on a list. And then every month, once we get the new one out, I'll send out an email that goes to every single person. Um, and they'll say, yep, they want it or no, they don't. And um, that pretty much assembles the list for me. Um, our Christmas box is pretty much nearly sold out. Um, COVID sort of has smashed us a little bit um, in terms of being able to have the ability to ramp up things. We've sort of had to, um, we created a, a cutoff um, because we were unsure. Oh, it helps a lot with, with when, we're, when we're talking about buying and supplying the stuff because some of it comes from overseas. Um, so it's really hard to gauge, um, say we get 30 orders for the month um, and we have to go and buy, you know, the 30, 30 lots of different things to make up this box. Um, it gets very hard to sort of manage it there. So basically now, we've we've decided okay we're going to make 30 of those boxes so that's what we're going to do regardless of how much we sell even if we don't sell enough i'll go and do ordering for 30 boxes so we can hit the ordering a lot earlier than um once we know the final numbers of how many have actually sold and then do the ordering after that because we came into a couple of issues when trying to do that um, but we've since gone abroad from new zealand in terms of 
uh, bringing stock in to put in these monthly boxes to make them as good as they possibly can be because with New Zealand, you, you're, you're limited and we want to make them as cool as possible. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. And have you found, has it grown over time? Have you, like, have the number of people buying them every month grown? Yeah, so, yeah, we'll, we'll um, uh, oh, to answer your question before, sorry, on the Facebook, we'll put the Facebook post up. Yeah, no, they'll, they'll email us. We think we sold 30 units in, in, in about 24 hours of the Christmas box. Like, we've, we're only making, like, 30 or 35 of them. Um, so we sold that in 24. It was completely bonkers. Like, everyone just emailed in because Christmas, we knew from the get-go, was going to be it was the biggest one last year but unfortunately we had to um we had to can last year's one due to covid the orders we placed didn't come in in time and i just knew that chris that was a turning point for the box and we took about four months three months off four months off from the box we decided we're not making any right now we need to go away and think about this to to better the end user and deliver on the promises that we're making you know they're going to be out the door at this date and and you know you're going to get them for this date and in the booklet it says you know into your uh, competition, you know, competition entries close at this date, and we'll play. You know, we'll we'll do the draw. So, to to fill in with timelines, we had to um, step away and actually have a serious look about what we're doing to achieve the end result. Um, but yeah, sorry, what was it's, that that question again? It was have you seen it grow? Like because you're mentioning that when people join, they place the first order, they join the email list. And then they stay there, right? So it feels like it, there should be a snowball effect over time where the amount that you're selling now is significantly more than it was, you know, 12 months ago. Is that what you're yeah, saying? So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so we had uh, the first month we sold, we advertised it on Facebook and stuff like that. And we only sold about five. Um, so that was April 2020, um, which which was cool. I, I envisioned five being my number, and we sold five. I was I was quite happy with it because uh, it was just a brand new product. We just sort of thought of, and it was they were pretty much the tester, you know, to see how mm -hmm. this would go. Because it's also uh, the reception of the box was a big thing for us. Because I was very self conscious about putting this idea together that we'd thought up and and thinking, oh, well, how, how you know this this seems like a really cool idea to me, but I don't know how they're going to receive it um, and, mm -hmm. and open that up and and how our instruction booklet's going to play out and how all of our bits and pieces are going to look to the end user. Um, right. Uh, so that was that was a funny one for me, but we got yeah, it was received really really well. Uh, people really enjoy the box. We get compliments all the time about them, uh, which is really good. Um, and it has it has grown over time. Unfortunately, um, which what we we would have liked um, is consistency in terms of getting them out because there was gaps in times due to COVID on us being able to uh, put the box out. So without having that consistency, we're not seeing as big of a snowball effect as we'd like. Um, right. But we are definitely receiving more and more sales every month. Um, if if that makes sense, yeah, I'd I would have predicted, you know. Uh, this Christmas, if we had a sold boxes all year, we'd be selling 75 units this Christmas. Um, that was, you know, the trajectory I was planning for for the year. But due to COVID and then um, overseas orders taking longer than I anticipated, again, because of COVID, it was, yeah, hard to adapt to that um, and deliver on our on our promises. Um, so I'd kept it at about 30 or 35 units for, for the Christmas box. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but still fantastic. That's, that's amazing. I really like that. And obviously it's only up from here right like next mm. year hopefully um you know you won't have as many blockers in your way of of that growth um it feels to me like that could be a you know a big opportunity to double down on when it comes to 
how you're marketing it, you know, and, and trying to get the word out a little bit more. I don't know if, um, you know, running some Facebook ads on a product that's branded Lego is smart, but there's probably a lot of different ways of, of really kind of getting the word out on that. And then you could, you know, quickly grow that email list and quickly be selling 80 to hundred of those. And you know, that alone could be, it's, it's bit, that could be a business for someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's just like, uh, the way we've gone all the, all the different segments of our business is that they can stand on their own by themselves. Now I don't think we've yet reached a point where each individual segment can, the closest thing would be our trade me store. Um, but that's the way about how we've gone that they could stand in their own right on their own. Um, but the uh, cross-platform ability has is, is worked really well because some people will buy from either or. You know, you'll get sellers, mm-hmm. that buy, uh, buyers that buy from BrickLink and Trade Me. So the monthly box is definitely something that can be standing right on its own. And I'd say that uh, looking forward to how that works out, because um, we're already working on January's box because the way that we see things is, well, we'll just work that far ahead of something that the time delay won't even exist you know if it takes two months for something to get here well we're still we're still going to beat january so um that's the idea that we're taking on things we're just going to work on things that far ahead um mm-hmm. and the, the way i'd see the monthly box sitting is is with with pip with their ideas and stuff like that and she'd primarily be doing that and i'd just be you know i'd just be uh her little worker she'd just tell me what she wanted to do or what she wanted to achieve and i just i just working with her to make that work again tapping into that creativity right yeah, she's very good. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, so um, before we close out, I think it's really important to to just kind of you know look back at where you've where you are now and 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 how far you've you've come with your business and the different lines of business that you've been able to build up. Um, for anybody who's new and thinking about getting into this, uh, what are like what are some challenges that you've had to overcome that you would advise someone you know or give someone a quick tip? Um, about now or anything that you would do differently if you were starting again from the scratch uh yeah patience is a is a probably a big one there um you know with um with how things have gone uh sometimes i'll give up on something because i don't see a result quickly um i'll do my research and 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 hope that it works out and it won't work out as good like some stuff works overseas better than it does here in new zealand so that's just that's just how that works you've got to adapt to your your market um, but yeah, patience is a big one. Um, your ability to pivot, um, you know, when, when something doesn't work, you know, I won't, I won't just go, oh no, you know, just bought 70 odd bloody video sets and none of them are selling. And, and that's just what life is right now. But, um, you know, there's different ways in, in order to market those things on, on how they will go, you know, one way or another, my idea is that they will sell. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's all sorts of things. Education is probably the biggest one, I think, is uh, do, doing a lot of research. We watched a lot of videos, and I can't, um, I can't overstate how, how big that, that was key into where we are now, um, understanding how people do what they do um, and, and, and all the different ways, because there's, there's hundreds of different ways on how you can market a product, um, but understanding what, what has worked and, and what people do do has pretty much got us to where we are today um yeah yeah i want to take a second to just kind of reflect on that because honestly like anytime anyone ever says that you know they don't think that a business idea will be successful or they don't have the time to run a business or they're kind of afraid of the risks of running a business there's never been a better time right there has Mm -hmm. never in history of this planet there hasn't been a better time to start a business because you've never had so much information you know a couple of hundred years ago 
people were sitting in libraries with candles to try and learn, you know, the stuff that we can learn in five minutes from our phones, you know, before we go to sleep at night. Um, all the information is out there. And again, in the case of Bricklink, we have people like Tony here and, you know, the, the others showing a lot more than, you know, in some of those other industries. So there is, the information is all there and, you know, I, there's no excuses really <laughs> in terms of, of, uh, of getting started. I hundred percent agree. I think education is one of the biggest, uh, things in any business, you know, in, in getting started, just learn as much yeah. as possible. With, with, you know, with information, I, I, even simple problems on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, if I have a problem, I just Google it, I just YouTube it, and, and I quickly am able to figure out the, uh, you know, four or five different resolutions to my problem. So it's, it's like you say, it's right out there, and every, everyone can can, gra can grab onto that, you know, it's, it doesn't take a genius, you just got to watch what other people do, and, 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 you know, you can whittle your way through something, so yeah. Yep, 100%. So I'm going to take one more question from the chat here, and then I'll have one final question for you as well. Um, this is from Jimmy. Uh, thanks for being here, Jimmy. Did you notice a point, uh, maybe lots versus parts, where you started getting steady orders, trying to get an idea of what kind of upfront investment it takes to get established? Yeah, so there probably wasn't... Um... I probably couldn't pinpoint the numbers. Um, everyone will be different. It comes down to, for me, uh, the biggest part about building the business is the brand. I've, I've built and, and relied on the fact about trying to build a brand, build a brick, um, you know, and, and people mentioning build a brick and going and relating it to those different things. You know, um, there's, there's all sorts of different, you know, aspects that we do. Um, so, yeah, but building a brand is probably a really key thing. Um, in terms of numbers, you know, I mean, if we're talking about numbers, uh, our Trade Me store, once it, uh, sorry, our Bricklink store, once it had about 50,000 parts, it started rolling to the way I, I want it to roll. Um, and and, um, and our Trade Me store, once we bumped it right up to about 200 listings, it started rolling how I wanted it to roll. Um, but um, it's it can be very different. It depends what you're, what, what you're wanting to market and what you're wanting to sell. But um also you know that brand is a key thing our facebook page is is a massive one when we're talking about um promoting stuff um you know we, we put pictures we put um you know when we've just parted out a, a new set that that we thought was exciting we've whacked it up on facebook um we used to do something that we've shut down now which was um uh, a thursday night auction where we would have a whole lot of secondhand minifigures just before we sold them on trade me and um, they'd be in these individual squares on pages, uh, one to 16 on each page. And um, we'd put it up at seven o'clock on a Thursday night and people would drive to that Facebook page and just go, yeah, I want 16, 32, 48, blah, blah, blah. And that's how we'd sell that. There's, there's so many different ways on how to sell something. Um, I guess don't get too caught up in if you're starting something on Bricklink and that's it and it isn't selling as fast. Don't get stuck there. There's other ways in which to sell something. Um, yeah. That's it's, awesome. It, in terms of the investment, it took a lot. Uh, it's probably, I'd probably say we've spent like 40, 50 grand um, with our business. So, and it's running probably about how I'd want to it to run now. That's not just on stock, that's on plant, that's on a, a computer, you know, like all the drawers and stuff. Um, it's running how I'd want it to now, but it's, it's a sizable investment and a lot of time. So, yeah. Yeah, to, to get to get started so quickly, I guess you know, yeah, like from and the thing about um, 
the thing about BrickLink is like, although you can start small, a lot of the people that I've talked to have, have kind of recommended at least having, you know, some baseline capital to put into it from the very beginning. Um, yeah. because it'll just take too long otherwise to get that snowball effect and get to the inventory up and the orders won't really come until you have you know the the inventory there yeah uh, great okay so the last question tony that i wanted to just ask you was um where where do we go from here in your book so like what's what does the future hold for for build a brick both from your youtube channel uh from the lego business what are some of the big priorities that you have are you kind of thinking that the the monthly box is something you want to double down on and focus on, or, you know, are you kind of thinking that that expansion of BrickLink is, is a bigger priority? If you were to look at a couple of years, what's, what's next? Um, uh, talking about numbers, I guess, um, I'd want to see uh, our BrickLink store at about 250,000 parts um, in a couple of years time. Uh, so just a continual ramp up of what we do pretty much is the answer to that. Um, you know, a monthly box, I'd have that going along and, Pip would probably primarily be doing that, and I'd have maybe a sorter or two um, that would that would help in the way of uh, doing some of the stock to to keep ramping up things. It'll be very much what we do now, but maybe an employee or two to help get you know more work done to get to where we want to go. I'd say um, I'd I'd want to uh, be out of this garage and in a bigger workspace so we can achieve those results. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's probably probably where we want to be. Just just bigger and better than where we are now. Same same, but you know, carry on. So that's the sign yeah. that you're doing something right, though, right? If you're enjoying the ride and you're and you just want to keep you want to keep going, love it. All right, Tony, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing, you know, with us and being here and giving your time. Um, thank you everybody for for watching and for tuning in. Make sure you go and check out Build a Brick on youtube i have the link in the description below and also on BrickLink. link the, the store link um, is also there in the description so go and check those things out tony thank you so much again um i will see you all in the next one cheers thank you